It's Friday, January 29th, episode number 11 of the Nevada Traveler Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click that subscribe button so you get notified when new episodes are available for streaming. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else you might stream podcasts. I'm your host, Jordan Hewlett. Thank you for tuning in. Got some exciting stuff happening this week. We'll get into that with a week in review. Also, Alex Lewis coming up on the podcast today. So stick around for that. We're going to talk wheeling in Wisconsin, among other things. So this week in review, snow in the high desert. Got quite a bit of snow in northern Nevada. Northern California, and not just in the mountains. We actually got quite a bit of snow in the valleys as well. Kind of started Sunday night, and it has snowed almost all week. I think the only break we had in the snow um, was Tuesday. Um, Tuesday was actually a pretty nice day. Other than that, not a ton going on. Um Last weekend, I did some work on our trailer that we haul our side-by-side around on. Uh, modified the back gate a little bit so it um, we can actually use it. Our side-by-side is just a nut hair too long for the trailer. Weight-wise, we're perfectly fine. Um, but we were just a little too big, a little too long, wheelbase-wise. Um, so I made some modifications to the back gate, added some support bars to uh, hold the gate up so we can actually use it instead of carrying ramps around to unload and load our buggy onto the trailer. Other than that, pretty uneventful week as far as kind of anything exciting. The weather, again, not real great over the weekend. It was cold and kind of crappy so we did not do much didn't get out much um it was it was pretty nice to actually have a weekend to just kind of chillax and relax a little bit so my first main topic today i'm gonna stick with the theme that's been going on the last couple weeks we're gonna stay in the off-road community in the world of off-road gonna talk about another option out there if you're looking for a UTV, a side-by-side to get yourself out and go wheeling. So I'm going to go through a spec sheet here. I'm talking about a 998cc EFI engine with 130 horsepower. Industry standard full-length skid plate. 18 inches of front and rear travel. Coming standard with the Fox 2.5 Podium QS3 shocks with a bottom-out control. A monstrous 14 inches of ground clearance. Comes standard with full doors. Class-leading 4-gallon glove box. 300-pound rear cargo box with space to fit a 32-inch tire. Pre-installed wiring accessories and a dual CVT 
Aaron takes. You're probably thinking that I am talking about the Arctic Cat Wildcat 1000. And in a sense, you might be right. And I'm going to touch on that in just a moment. But I am actually talking about the XTR 1000 from Tracker Off-Road. Yes, the Bass Pro Shops Tracker. Commonly known for their side-by-sides utility vehicles for the hunting and fishing community. Obviously, they make boats. They make all kinds of crazy stuff. But they also have this beast of a UTV, the XTR 1000. Liquid-cooled, four-stroke, inline, triple-cylinder, dual-overhead cam, gas engine. Again, 130 horsepower with 998 cc's of displacement. Obviously, has a CVT transmission. Two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive with that differential lock. Electronic fuel injection. Rapid response clutches. Has a locking front differential electronically actuated. Standard with electronic power steering with the tilt wheel. I touched on the suspension. Double A-arm with 18 inches of travel on the front and a trailing arm on the rear with that matching 18 inches of travel. I mentioned the Fox Podium 2.5 shocks, full compression adjustment with bottom-out control, running hydraulic disc brakes, 9-inch, front and rear, comes standard with 30 by 10 by 15 tires with 15-inch aluminum KMC wheels. Total cargo capacity, 730 pounds, including 300 pounds in the cargo bed. Overall length, you're looking at 136 inches, 64-inch trail stance. So it is a wider unit. You're not going to get down those narrow 50-inch trails that I've touched on in the past like we do with our side-by-side. Without a roof, you're looking at 67 inches tall, 68 inches with the roof. Overall curb weight dry, 1,816 pounds with a 95-inch wheelbase, 10-gallon capacity on fuel, and again, 14 inches of ground clearance. Cargo dimensions, you're looking at 34 by 32 by 9 inches deep. So if you look at this spec sheet for the Tracker XTR 1000, it is identical, line for line, to the Arctic Cat Wild Cat XX 1000. Now, you're probably wondering why I'm talking about the Tracker and not the Wildcat. I'm going to talk about the Wildcat. I'm going to do that right now. Wildcat coming in two colors. The blackish gray with the red and white Wildcat and Articat decals. And the green and white Articat traditional colors. The Tracker XTR 
comes in one color, black, with gray and white and red lettering that is traditional to Tracker's line of products. Here's the difference. And this is honestly the only difference for the most part. And I'll get on, I'll touch on a couple other things here in a moment. Articat, Wildcat 1000. Starting MSRP, $19,999. No accessories. That does not include a windshield. That does not include a roof. That is your bare bones Wildcat. The Tracker XTR 1000. Starting MSRP, $17,999. So a $2,000 difference. And if you go to your Articat dealer, catch a rebate, haggle with the price a little bit, on a base model, you could probably get there. But the Tracker, the XTR 1000, comes standard with a poly roof, does not come with a windshield, but it does come standard with that poly roof. Articat, again, starting at a buck shy of $20,000 without the roof. If you go to Articat's website, use their configure tool, they have different options for roofs. Your standard top an additional $144.95 for the standard poly plastic roof. If you want to go with the black aluminum roof, it's an additional $463, almost $464 on top of that starting MSRP at 20k. The Tracker XTR comes standard with that poly roof. So if you're in the market for a side-by-side and you're looking to, to find something, because obviously right now in the supply chain logistical nightmare of the world and the high demand for power sports equipment has made these things hard to get. Tracker is another option. But if you buy that XTR 1000, you are essentially getting a Wildcat by Articat. And when I say essentially, you are. They are the same piece of equipment with a different paint job and a different manufacturer logo on it but you're going to be using the same aftermarket accessories. You're going to be having the same equipment, the same reliability that you get from Articat for $2,000 less MSRP. And as I mentioned, you might be able to go to a dealership to an Articat dealer and pick one of these up and and haggle with the price 
But right now, I don't think power sports dealers are haggling with the price too much. Because again, it's that high demand, incredibly low supply that they are dealing with. They know that they don't have to drop their price for you because the next guy or the guy that stopped in before you will pay that full asking price because it's available. So definitely just another thing to, uh, to consider if you're in the market for shopping for um, a UTV, an off-road vehicle, a side-by-side. Um, I have become a big fan of the Articat Wildcat. And I really like the look of the tracker because they're the same machine. And some of the, the features and benefits on these things are incredible. I mean, they're pre-wired for light accessories. They're dual screen LCD gauge has oil pressure indicators, temperature, warning light, check engine light, has your, you know, your hour meter, your odometer, trip meter, clock, diagnostics all right there in the instrumentation. Comes standard with high and low beam halogen headlights with an LED accent. Comes standard with bucket seats, cup holders, because cup holders are important. The safety features are pretty common. Three-point seat belts with the ability to very easily install harnesses. Continuing on the topic of the tracker and the little bit of cost savings there, they have their optional kits. Again, starting at $17,999 versus the Articat Wildcat starting at $19,999, you can get their trail kit for an additional $1,020. Includes the aluminum roof, full poly windshield, rear poly windshield, and a rear view mirror. For $1,000, you're still, you're getting all that for less than the starting MSRP on the Articat. For $760, you can add the backcountry kit. Again, still have not breached the starting MSRP on the Wildcat. That includes your front bumper, a rear bumper, and side rails or, or rock rails. getting all those accessories with that machine for less than the starting MSRP of the manufacturer who made it. Do you guys see where I'm going with this? Add another $1,130 and now you've topped, you've exceeded the starting MSRP for a basic Wildcat by about 300 bucks. But you can get the excursion kit. Comes with shoulder bags, kick panel bags, a 36 inch light bar, 
including the bracket, wiring harness, and switches, spare tire holder, and spare tire and wheel. All for just a few hundred dollars more than the starting MSRP on the Wildcat. And I'm, I'm in no way, shape, or form knocking on Articat. That's not where I'm going with this. Where I'm going with this is, if you're on a budget but you want to get into off-roading, but you want an incredibly capable machine, here's an option for you. And I just ran through, you can get all the accessories and still be below or just slightly above Articat's starting MSRP. Now, I haven't talked to an Articat dealer, haven't had a conversation with them about you know, where pricing might be, this or that or the other thing, and maybe I should. But I'm doing my research online. I do a ton of research for this podcast so I can give you the best information I possibly can. And apples to apples, going with a tracker branded unit versus the true Arctic Cat branded unit makes more sense. If you want the as basic as you can get, you can walk out the door with the tracker for $17,999. If you want the bare bones Articat Wildcat, you walk out the door at $19,999. But you don't get a roof. And I'm not sure if it's, I'm, I guess I'm not sure how to put this, does Arctic Cat want to market that the tracker is their unit? I don't know. I stumbled upon this by pure coincidence. And I started looking at the tracker and I went, man, that looks like somebody else's unit. And did my research and found out, like, hey, it's an Articat. And why is Articat such a good machine? Articat, in previous years, they were kind of chintzy. Articat obviously started their business in the snow machine market, snowmobile market. That's what they're known for. But they went to a championship off-road racer and said, hey, help us design the most capable stock side-by-side imaginable. And they did that. They created the Wildcat. So the Wildcat or the Tracker XTR are very, very capable machines right off the showroom floor. The guy who they tapped to help design the current generation of Articat side-by-sides 
is Robbie Gordon. If you don't know who Robbie Gordon is, Google him. He is a racing and marketing and business genius. He helped Articat create what is the Wildcat XX. And then what happened was, is he wanted to make a four-seater and Articat didn't want to go down that road. So Robbie Gordon ended his partnership with Articat and has started Speed UTV. Which are not out yet. They are in development. They're available for pre-order. Check them out. Maybe I'll do some research, try to get somebody on to talk about the Speed UTV. I think that would be a cool episode. So again, in no way am I knocking Articat. I think they're awesome looking buggies. They have a really good warranty. And they come factory with a ton of features. But I just wanted to point out that you can go get a tracker for a couple thousand dollars less, comes with more, and you can add those accessory packages and still be a little bit above or below the Articat starting MSRP. So that's enough on that topic for today. Coming up in just a few moments, I will have our special guest join us. All right, on the hotline now, from Wisconsin, Mr. Alex Lewis, how's it going, man? Great, how are you? Doing fabulous. What's, uh, what's new in the world of Wisconsin? Well, we got enough snow here that we get to plow a little bit, and the snowmobile trails are open, so that's been a good time. We could use some more, but it's finally winter. Yeah, for sure. We just got a bunch of snow in, in, in Nevada, in the valley, and in the mountains, so all the sled riders are getting pretty uh, hyped up. Yeah, we're seeing it too. It was definitely a busy weekend out on the trails. That's good. That's good. So talking about snowmobiles, tell us what you got. Uh, we ride Yamahas personally, um, based on the fact that I was pretty much raised on them. We played with some of the other brands, but we prefer Yamahas. I Tasha rides a Viper 2015, and I have a 20 Sidewinder. So. The Sidewinder is definitely a changing game with the turbo and everything else. It's a pretty cool sled. That's awesome. Where in Wisconsin do you ride the sleds? Um, it all depends on where the snow is. Obviously, we're pretty well invested in it, so we'll chase snow pretty much anywhere within four hours of home. But home is St. Craig County, Wisconsin. Um, close to Hudson, we have good decent a really good trail system there as of right now um but we do spend a lot of time in like sawyer county hayward area up on the chippewa flowage um you know we spend some time over in brule cable pretty much wherever there's snow as far as wisconsin goes very cool how many if you just guessing or an average how many days a year do you get to ride the sleds Ooh, um, that kind of obviously plays into how much you're willing to travel, but I would say we get to spend maybe 20 days out on snowmobiles throughout the winter, whether it be at home or um, up north 
with that said, we do do a lot of like little runs where like we'll just hop on them at night after work and go grab a burger and a couple beers or something. But realistically, it's not very often that we get to make big weekends of it. We pretty much travel from New Year's to mid-March trying to chase down snow and decent snowmobile trails. There you go. Do you leave Wisconsin chasing snow or do you pretty much stick in inside the state? Um, for us, we're blessed enough that we got a cabin in northern Wisconsin. You know, we have a good trail system at home. Um, we try to avoid leaving Wisconsin just because it's more trail passes and more registrations and different rules. And So for the most part, we stay in Wisconsin. Um, we do have a couple, have a couple times had the conversation of like the UP come up we've never we're yet to make the trip but i actually have some family headed out there on thursday so i'm kind of hoping they find something pretty cool out there that would be worth going back to but for the most part we try and stick to wisconsin very cool so you mentioned the up is that an area you'd like to like to ride in yeah i think that's it's a definitely a different offering i mean we've ridden bayfield county and stuff like that when you get into the fire lanes and stuff and you can get out where there aren't any other tracks you're pretty much off the beaten trail um that obviously is a lot of fun to ride in but with that comes less stops less places to get gas i mean it's helpful to go to michigan with somebody who's been there before um more than anything because if you don't know where you are you can get yourself into trouble pretty quick absolutely what is what do you carry with you you know if if you go down a trail like that what are the necessities you have with you um, in case you do end up in a in a sticky situation? Yeah, I guess we've never personally done it. I know a lot of the guys that do run up there on a regular basis always have gas caddies with them. I would think that's probably number one. Obviously, we always keep toolkits enough to take stuff most of the way apart and um, spare belts. Uh, with mine, I carry some different clutching stuff. Just enough to hopefully be able to nurse it back to civilization um but i also know the biggest problem in the up that i've ever been aware of is gas so i think everybody make sure that they got a couple extra gallons with them yeah gas is pretty important when you're in the middle of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't want to be out there without it yeah because i don't think dragging a sled through a dead sled through the snow would be too much fun not at all and with our luck, the one we were dragging it with would run out of gas, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a bad day. Yep. So you much. ride snowmobiles in the winter. What do you do? Yep. What do you do in the summer? What do you do in the warmer um, months? We spend a lot of time on our general. Um, we have a 2020 XP um, general that... We've had a lot of fun in so far. This last year, we actually made the commitment and bought a toy hauler. So we're able to throw the general in it and pretty much, once again, go anywhere in Wisconsin and spend a bunch of times riding that. Do you generally stay in the same areas with the Polaris General as you do riding your Yamaha sleds? Yeah, for the most part, we do, just because we've gotten to know a couple of, like, different campground or bar owners up there i mean we there's a pretty good network of people that travel and with us normally and with that said there's friends throughout northern wisconsin so for the most part the only thing we do a little bit different is where i've never taken snowmobiles is we normally head down to black river falls we did that for the first time last year 
and the trails down there are just incredible as far as a mix of what we're used to seeing and really deep mud holes and water and you know it's just a lot different than what when you're out in northern wisconsin for a lot of it you're looking at like just trails through woods you're not going to run into big mud holes or anything regularly um definitely not out of the question that you might see some but it seems like black river falls offered us a different kind of riding and we all really are intrigued by it and i'm guessing we'll spend a lot more time down there this coming summer yeah talking about trails um and you can touch on um snow riding or uh riding your general what's your favorite type of trail um it depends on what we're on i mean honestly i love the thought of like we have a lot of fun throughout like county forests in the sense that they're not necessarily marked trails but it's open fire lanes so when you are in like the burnett county forest for example we own some land up in there which is close to our cabin um you're just riding on essentially sand roads um with little trails off into the woods where people have either had bonfires or camped or you know spent time before so a lot of that you can get in close to the rivers and stop for a beer and a sandwich or you know that that part to me is really fun on side by sides and as far as snowmobiles go i would say we really love flowage running um like whether it's the chippewa flowage up in hayward um the namakagan flowage is another great one up in cable we really enjoy that style riding seems like normally during the day you'll get off the flowage you put 80 to 100 miles on and then try and be back to the flowage by dark and you can kind of hop around and see different places and that's normally where we make friends you know with the bar owners or whoever else to kind of try and stay at the same places or you know rent cabins at the same places um summer and fall if we don't bring the camper that's awesome so you snowmobile you run the side-by-side off-road which one do you enjoy the most if you if you had to give up one, which one would you give up and which one would you keep Ooh. doing? I hope I'm never in that position. Um, I would probably have to say if we were going to give one up, it would be snowmobiles, but that's only based on the fact that we can't do it as much time year-round. Um, even in the winter, we do. I've put an enclosure on that general. We do spend time driving the general around whether it's to go see buddies or i even follow the driveway with it um so the general does get used year round the snowmobiles obviously sit in the shed seven months at least out of the year um so that's pretty i guess i would have to go with getting rid of snowmobiles but i think realistically they probably spend nine months a year in the shed so yeah understand the general's always out to play <laughs> Perfect. Is there anywhere outside of that Wisconsin or that bubble in the Midwest there? Is there anywhere that you have on a bucket list or someplace you'd like to go, either ride the general or take the snowmobiles just to go experience a new area and ride some trails? Yeah, I think the biggest thing on our bucket list for hopefully this coming summer is we want to take buggies out to the Black Hills. Um, I know it's still kind of in the Midwest, but for us, that's a 13-hour hike and towing trailers and everything else. It wouldn't necessarily be a picnic, but 
it is something that we've talked about for the last couple of years as we've come through getting more and more into side-by-sides and everything else. Um, that is somewhere that we've heard is just incredible to ride. They got some different rules to get up blinkers and everything else. So when we do actually make the commitment that we're going to go, it's going to cost a little bit to get the machines ready. But that is something we've really been talking about looking forward to doing. Um, as far as snowmobiles go, obviously everybody wants to go out and try their hand at mountain riding, but I don't think we'd even bring our own. I think, you know, Tasha's is a 129, mine's a 137. We'd probably fly out there with our gear and rent sleds and ride two or three days with somebody who knows where they are out there. Um, that'll probably always be a bucket list thing. I think we've talked about doing that for almost 10 years now with buddies, and we just haven't made it yet. Nice. Well, the Black Hills are definitely an awesome place to ride. As you know, I'm originally from South Dakota, have spent a ton of time out there. You know, that is something, that is something, honestly, like we could put together. You know, that's really the Black Hills for us. Yeah, it's a hike, but I'd drive to the Black Hills to wheel with you. That definitely would be a good time. We just would have to decide if we're actually going to commit to towing these campers out there and getting seven miles to the gill the whole way there, or if we're going to... I almost think at some point we'd be better off putting them in our enclosed trailers and head it that way and rent a motel. I think it'd still work out to be cheaper, but... Oh, well, in, in the Black Hills, you can rent, you know, cabins around Lee Deadwood that right. you, you can wheel to and wheel from and leave your vehicles parked there, so... There's tons of options in the Black Hills. My guest on the podcast last week, yeah, actually. Yeah, we definitely look forward to doing it. Yeah. Yeah, my guest last week on the podcast actually lives in the Black Hills, does a ton of wheeling in the Black Hills. He has a Tacoma he's built up pretty sweet. So cool. definitely, uh, he would definitely be a good resource out there, too. Sounds like it. Yeah, that would be a great time. We for sure look forward to it. There's a couple couples locally that uh, some friends from River Falls and uh, a couple from Roberts have been out there and they just kind of came back in awe of the situations you can get yourself in and the views that we obviously don't see in Wisconsin. Yeah, for sure. You're you're pretty uh, you're pretty flat there in Wisconsin. <laughs> we can get into the hills, but it's nothing like out there. Yeah, for sure. So you talked about your toy hauler that you bought. What did you get, and how much do you love it? Well, we ended up getting a Fury 2910, I believe are the numbers on it. Um, it's awesome for, you know, the two of us and the dog. Um, it does have beds that come down in the garage part of it. It's not by any means like a huge camper. I think it's like 33 feet long, 34 feet long. So as far as towing it and maneuvering it, it's still pretty easy to get in and out of places. That part I really like about it. Um, we have had some friends now who have bought bigger ones, like big XLRs and stuff, where they have 14-foot garages, and they're putting four-seaters in there with coolers and everything else all around them. Obviously, that's a tempting idea, but that upgrade would mean a brand-new truck and everything else. So for what we do with it, we love it. That's good. What do you? What's your pull vehicle? What are you pulling that thing with? Uh, well, last year I pulled it with uh, F-150 and uh, 2018 EcoBoost. It did pretty well. It had a 3.5 in it. It was um, 
my only complaint with it was how light it was. The trailer would whip it around pretty good. So this year I actually kind of snapped uh, during truck month and bought a 2021 Chevy Trail Boss, and I'm hoping that does the trick. Yeah, that should get her done. <laughs> Let's hope so. so. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Alex, thank you so much for stopping by. It's been a pleasure learning about uh, trails in Wisconsin and, and how you use them and abuse them. Yeah, it's great talking to you, and uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Take care. Sounds great. You too. Alex Lewis, ladies and gentlemen, really cool to have him on the podcast, giving us his perspective of Wisconsin trails, giving us a little insight on on how they wheel. Um, obviously, they're, they're dual sport. They run the snowmobiles when they can and run the side-by-side you know, the rest of the time. And I'm having a lot of fun doing this with the podcast where I get to talk to people from different states who run different setups, who run different kinds of trails. It's fun for me to learn, and I hope you guys are enjoying it. Also new to the podcast this week, the official Nevada Traveler Podcast Facebook page. You can go on to facebook.com and search Nevada Traveler Podcast. Click that follow button. Um, links to all the podcast streaming sites will be there along with other content to pair with the podcast. Also, head over to YouTube, Nevada Traveler Podcast on YouTube. Click that subscribe button. All the episodes are uploaded there as well alongside bonus content. And as we pick up steam and get more into this podcast, I'm definitely going to get more content out there for everyone to enjoy. That is all I have for you this week. Again, thanks to Alex Lewis for stopping by. And thank you to all of you who are tuning in every week. If you would like to on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, hit that rate and review button. Let me know how I'm doing. Shoot me any messages. If you have any questions or have any ideas for things I could incorporate into the podcast, please shoot me a message and I will gladly um, chat with all of you to make the content better. Obviously, I'm doing this podcast for a number of reasons because I enjoy doing it. I enjoy talking about things. I enjoy having guests on the show to talk about topics. But let me know what you want to hear. Let me know if there's something I didn't elaborate enough on or didn't talk about enough. Or you want me to go more into detail about something. Shoot me that message. Again, thank you all for your support. Click that subscribe button. New episodes every Friday. Next week, another special guest next week. I'm going to keep it a secret. We will see you all soon. So long, everybody.